0: Uh, you may. I'm mean, gonna go ahead and be seated. I'm sorry. Um, uh, so this morning, um, uh, I don't. I don't know when we. I don't know when we got done exactly. Uh, Pastor Vaught was saying, "Man, I'm sorry about the service going long." I'm like, "It was good. It was good. The word is good." That's why they make crockpots. Hallelujah! <laughs> it was, it was good. Uh, just look, we don't, we don't measure the success of a service on the response. We don't, because the word of God can be preached and its praises sung, and it's—I mean—it's up to the individual how they're going to respond. Um, but when the word of God is preached, it's working. Whether you see an immediate response or not, it's just it's just working. And this morning we had someone trust in Christ after the service, and and then uh, someone else just was able to talk with someone after the service that God was working on them and has been. And it was just, I man, it's good, it's good. And so here's the thing: we don't we don't put a time limit on praising God. We don't put a time limit on hearing from God. You say, do we want to be? And we do. We try to be conscious of time. This isn't like seeing who can preach the longest. And Brother Bot was he was I mean, he, you need ask him, he was cutting things out as he was going. Um, but we want to hear from God. Amen. We do. Amen. If it takes 30 minutes, great, it takes an hour. Great. I just want to hear from God. Amen. And as a listen, as a preacher, as, as your pastor, I've, I'm constantly battling that pressure in my own mind. You, you have no idea how hard I have to work to not say I'm sorry about the time every Sunday. And uh, But the goal isn't to be done by a time. The goal is to make the time effective to hear from God. And I know that you have that attitude. And, I mean, I assured him of it. And I just wanted him to hear that tonight. And so we might be getting out at 730 tonight now. I don't. I don't know, but uh, Pastor John and Missy Vaught, they've uh, been married for 22 years. God bless them with three wonderful children. They have a, a unique ministry story just in the places God led them and how he used those specific places. And sometimes it's not about, the, it's not about what you're going to do at the place. It's about how God's going to use the place in your life. You know, And that's true for ind- every individual You're like, why am I having to do this right now? What does God want? Well, sometimes it's not just about what you're going to do. Sometimes it's about what God is going to do in you through that season and how he's going to develop you. And the Lord certainly done that and then called them to start the Northway Baptist Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, They've been there uh, seven years. It'll be eight years later this year. And have been able to see the church organized and become its own autonomous, independent Baptist church. And we're thankful for that. I and mean, we just praise the Lord for his faithfulness. And uh, I'm grateful for his, for his friendship, but really grateful for the ministry of the word. And then for his friendship to us and his wife in ministering to us in this way. So uh, let's make sure that we have hearts that are ready to hear the word as he comes to preach to us.
1: Well, my heart is full, gracious sakes. Um, I love this church. I was here last year. Of course, it was different, the COVID chaos, craziness. Um, and uh, and so to see it back in kind of, uh, I guess, a normal state, it's just a blessing. And honestly, I, um, I, just everything, everything from, I almost feel like when the Queen of Sheba came, to see Solomon, and just was kind of uh, overwhelmed by, you know, the the joy in the service of the servants. There, I, I'm serious about this, and so just to see that number one, God's in this place. You can sense it, and there's joy in the people. That's a God thing, and and I did mention to Pastor the men up here, the good men uh, that are up here. By the way, it gets too cold here in the summer. You might need to. Or in the winter, you might need to come down just for a couple months. Scottsdale, <laughs> service is over. <laughs> uh, but, but in all seriousness, um, gracious sakes, what a joy, what a joy to uh, be here, and I hope that you recognize the blessing you have in this church. Mm. Thankful for the testimony, uh, that's a God thing, what God does, and I know He uses man, but man, I, I don't have any ability to gracious to help anyone. If you saw the junk uh, packed up in the mind and memories of this life, gracious, and just it's a, we're a work of grace, aren't we? And uh, just thankful, thankful that God uses us, and and then maybe one more thing. Um, um, it's a team effort to have a good service and have a a good church, you know, good leadership. That's part of it. But you have to have good fellowship also. And so, church, I want to commend you uh, for the spirit of uh, desire towards God and to praise God uh, for a willingness to serve even when you're tired. Um, I know so many of you work so hard and yet you're so faithful here and so I commend you and of course God gets all the praise and the glory isn't that right John 16 we're going back to John 16 find that would you please we're actually going to pick up where we left off I was telling pastor that you know Kind of back in the desire of every pastor who goes and preaches out, you know, a lot of times he wants to preach his sugar sticks. (laughs) Those are the easy ones to preach. Um, I felt specifically led to the message this morning. Um, I I I can't explain why, but I felt specifically led, and um, and and then I felt led to this message. This is what we're going to look at is a very common understanding amongst God's people. Um, but I'm going to trust that God's going to use it, and I know that you'll give attentive ears and hearts and minds to God's word. All right, we'll read here in just a minute. Let me set this stage a little bit. You're going to see that in John 16, the focus of our verses will be on the Holy Ghost. Specifically, the role of the Holy Ghost. In the life of a believer. But you need to know up front that Jesus uh, and this passage is not giving us an exhaustive explanation as to the ministry of the Holy Ghost. I'm simply saying that because I know there are times good-meaning believers say, yeah, but the Holy Ghost does this, and the Holy Ghost does this, and I certainly get that. What we're going to look at tonight is not an exhaustive account of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. We simply want to extract from the text. The message also, I want you to understand that though Jesus is... Focusing on the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, his goal isn't the Holy Spirit. Now that won't make sense until we develop the passage and the text there, but he's going to focus on the Holy Spirit. But his goal in this message isn't really about the Holy Ghost You can have a conversation and be focused on a particular subject, but your purpose has nothing to do with the subject. You know, I was thinking, uh, as I was considering this, I was thinking about the different guys uh, or men or women who would approach me, and I don't know that they're salesmen trying to set me up to sell me something. You you know what I'm saying? And so they're real friendly. Like, man, this guy's friendly. And then after a few... Now, some of you, your radar goes off immediately, but... I'm a little bit slower sometimes, and I'm just thinking, this is a really nice guy. He's really interested in what I have to say, and so he's focusing on my life and asking me questions. His focus is on me, but his purpose has nothing to do with me. He wants to put money in his pocket. You see what I'm saying? And so you can have a conversation that focuses on one thing, but the purpose is something else, and that's so with this passage, and and as we develop the passage you'll see what I'm talking about. John 16, let's begin reading in verse number 6. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. We touched on that this morning. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Next verse. And when he is come, he will reprove the what? I'm not a big grammar guy. But uh, this this passage and these words from Jesus have been, the words and grammar, the grammatical structure have been specifically designed to really reveal something powerful here that we often overlook. I want you to look at verse eight again. And when he is come, he will reprove the words of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Simple title tonight, Understanding the Ministry of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for the great day. Thank you for being in your house. Thank you for these, your people. I, I feel as I love them just because they love you I can only imagine what your heart is towards these, your people. You love them. Help them to understand that. Now, would you help our time to be effective and efficient? and Again, that we wouldn't just go through the motions, but that you would do something. Please, Lord, you would do something in our hearts. And we'll praise you for it. We ask it in Christ's name. Everyone say it remind you as we hit this morning that this conversation that Jesus is having is one large conversation that began back in the latter part of chapter 13 and Jesus brings up a variety of subjects here in this conversation. He brings up heaven John 14:1 uh, talks about the mansions in heaven. He brings up his return, he brings up his love for the disciples. He brings up their need to be fruitful, John 15. He brings up obedience, John 14 and 15. He reminds them, or warns them, rather, that as you carry out ministry, the world won't be your friend. Like, they will hate you. If I can just pause for a minute, and I want to remind the front row of teenagers that If you're going to love God, you won't fit into the world. Don't let that bother you. Because the people that fit into the world get to about 40 or 50 and recognize, come to this recognition. It's often called a midlife crisis. They look back at their investment and their desire to fit in with what the world says they should fit in financially and sexually. And with with the agenda and, and occupation. They look back at all that and they say, this is all I have For all this investment, based on what the world has told me, my life stinks. You don't want to fit in with that. Don't do that. So he's warned them about this. Then the focus of our passage, he hits the Holy Ghost again. Now, in chapter 14, he's hit the Holy Ghost as well, but his intention of explanation has a different direction than what it does in this passage where uh, we are reading. In chapter 14, he's talking to them about, listen, I'm going to leave, but just because I'm leaving doesn't mean you're going to be without comfort. I won't be here physically. I'll be in you, and and I'll never depart, and I'll comfort you, and I'll help you. And so that's the purpose of him teaching on the Holy Ghost in chapter 14. This purpose in chapter 16 is, is very different. This purpose is to teach them one of the primary roles or ministries that the Holy Ghost has on Earth. So, I've got a two. I, my notes are shorter tonight. I was just seeing if anyone was brave enough to say Amen. Like they're going to be excited about it. that's okay to be excited. Amen. Yeah, thank you. The first point I want to identify about this passage is real simple, but it's going to set the stage for the second point, And it's the recipient of the Holy Ghost. Now, listen, w- would you listen? Look up here. Don't let the familiarity of the truth distract you, because if you kind of tune out on this first part, the second point isn't going to have the impact that God wants it to have. So the first thing that Jesus identifies is the recipient of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 7 again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Who is the you Of this passage. Well specifically it's the disciples. Who have accepted Christ. Then it's recorded so we can understand. Not just from this passage. But from the totality of scriptures. That believers receive the Holy Ghost. When they place their faith. In Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a follow up prayer. After you receive Christ. No one has to lay hands on you. You don't have to speak in tongues. And do a crazy Dance in church and have some guy anoint you to receive the Holy Ghost. You just got to believe in Jesus, and bam, whoo, he comes in. That's crazy. I mean, really, it's crazy when you just stop and think about it. I mean, can you see all this? God resides in here. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know that should say something. I said in my notes, but that should say something how much he loves you. Yes. He'd yeah. come into your mind and your body after all the things you've done. What a loving God. Amen. Oh, Amen. Isn't he worthy of praise? Man, we almost feel like having a praise session right here, but we're not going to keep it long and late tonight, so he says he's going to come unto you. Now, Jesus has taught this in chapter 14, and so just for the sake of making sure that we, we really gain all we can, go to chapter 14 and verse 17, and let's see what Jesus said on this same subject matter in chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, But ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be, I'm sorry, he dwelleth with you. Thank you, Brother Cook. That's powerful, by the way, that distinction. Thank you for that. Look at that. For he dwelleth with you. Who dwells with him? Well, who's talking, though? How about that? Is he talking about Jesus himself, or is he talking about the Holy Spirit? He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Yes, he's talking about both. That's confusing. Yeah, try figuring out the Trinity. (laughs) Try figuring out the character of God. Anyway, and and so he says, listen, the Holy Ghost is is going to come in you. And then notice the duration that he explains of the indwelling, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He never leaves. When I go to sleep, he's there. When I'm having a pity party, honestly, and I I, I feel horrible, and I don't want to look at anyone's face, and I don't want to come to church. He's there. And Can I, can I just help you? You got to take that by faith. You can't, you can't judge his presence solely by how you feel. If you live by how you feel, it'll mess you up. You know why people get sunburns? Most time, I got a sunburn. I didn't. I didn't say. Okay, come on, burn me so I can be really miserable tomorrow. Honestly, most of the time I don't do that. I'm just out doing my thing, right? I'm out doing my thing, and as I'm out doing my thing, these rays that I cannot feel, they're hitting my skin. Boom, 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 boom. and I don't feel them. But I have the evidence of it the next day. But... No one in here would deny the reality of UV rays. Just because you can't feel them doesn't mean that it's not real. You believe in UV rays or you have all kinds of things that you can't see that you believe in. And just because there are times when you don't sense the presence of God. If you're a believer, you don't sense the presence of God. Uh, Don't ever think that, oh, he's not with me. Throw that thinking in the garbage. We don't live by how we feel. That'll mess you up. Gracious sakes, mess you up anyway. And so he's with me forever. Well, this is the second time. Again, chapter 14, he tells them this. Chapter 16, he tells them this. Why is he telling them twice? Because his agenda the first time was to provide comfort the agenda in chapter 16 is different. Yes, the comfort is still going to be there, but, but he wants them, get this, he wants them to understand as the Holy Ghost is going to be in there, he has a ministry he wants to carry out. Please get this, that the Holy Ghost is inside of you. He'll never leave. He's in there, and he's going to do a ministry. So the agenda for him explaining this in chapter 16 is different than chapter 14. And then he says, "In order for him to come permanently, and I just want to mention this before I move on to the second thing, he's going to come permanently. At the moment, he's not permanent resident. A- at the moment, in fact, uh, look at uh, go back to chapter sixteen, look at verse seven. Middle of verse seven, chapter sixteen, verse seven: For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you." In order for the comforter to become a permanent resident, Christ would have to die. We could study that in greater depth. I do want to show you one more passage. Just be, and here's why I want to show this to you. Not necessarily because it's even relevant to where we're going. But just for understanding, sometimes there's this idea among Christians that the Holy Ghost wasn't a part of the Old Testament paradigm. But that's not true. People were drawn to God in the Old Testament because of the Holy Spirit of God. People, the Holy Spirit still worked in the lives of people to fulfill the agenda of God. He just wasn't a permanent resident inside the, uh, the lives of people like he will be after Jesus dies. Let me show you how Jesus spoke of this previously in chapter 7 just to add some clarity. I just... I want to make sure that we understand this. So don't lose your place in chapter 16. Go to chapter 7 and verse 37. It's so important for me and I know for your pastor as well. I want people to not just take what I say uh, as truth. I want them to be able to see it from the word of God. And so I do my very best to make sure that, that I show you the scriptures. That's why it's important to bring your Bible so you can see for yourself. By the way, look up here. One of the reasons why I love doing marriage conferences is because God has a lot to say about marriages and, and not just the things that we know about submission and loving your wife, but, but even God has a whole lot to say concerning the intimate interaction and the private intimate interaction between man and woman. God has a lot to say about that, but that gets so ignored in churches, uh, and, and I understand why We we often associate those things with the world's picture. But God is the one that created all that. God's the one that created all that. And so people go into marriage and they know that part of marriage is this intimate interactions that they're supposed to have. And if you've grown up in a a conservative church all your life, you go in and you don't you have no clue what's going on. But God, God designed all of this. And I love being able to show people from God's word, God's truth. It's shocking to some people. I don't apologize for it. It's straight from God's word. God gave an entire book in the Bible, the Song of Solomon, wholly dedicated to relationships. God shows this couple meeting and shows us their interaction and their courtship and their marriage and their honeymoon and them fighting twice and then fidelity in marriage. And I said it to the folks at the marriage conference. The woman speaks up first. She's the first voice heard in the Song of Solomon. And she closes out the book also. Why did you get me on that subject? I don't know. John 7, look in verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he explains what he meant. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You believe on him. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified, a.k.a. died, buried, and resurrected. So the permanent abiding of the Holy Spirit, in order for that to be fulfilled, Jesus would have to die and resurrect before that happened. So we understand the recipient of the Holy Spirit. That would be believers. Are you with me? Point number two, last point. Still afraid to say amen. That's fine. (laughs) The recipient is believers. That would be you. That would be me. But there's something ironic about what Jesus is teaching these men about concerning the Holy Ghost. Something ironic. What's ironic is that. The target of the Holy Ghost, that's our next point. We looked at the recipient of the Holy Ghost. Now we're looking at the target of the Holy Ghost. What's ironic about this is that the recipient of the Holy Ghost and the target of the Holy Ghost are vastly different. Yet they're directly connected. Stay with me, would you please? We're going to read in just a moment the verse that identifies the target of the Holy Ghost. But as we read it, I want you to have your glasses on to see if you can identify the target. Are you tracking with me? I want you as we read this next verse that reveals the target to see if you can identify the target. Verse number eight. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The recipient of the Holy Ghost is the believer. Who is the target of the Holy Ghost? The world. I'm glad that you're paying attention. To be more specific, the target is the lost world. The world that doesn't know Christ. That doesn't know that there's something better for living. That doesn't know the depths of their sin and that, the depths of God's love. The, the target is the lost, wicked, sinful, messy, sloppy, dirty world. That's the target... Of the Holy Ghost. Now. Don't just observe. And then bypass this thought. Okay yeah. We got it. We we got the recipient of the Holy Ghost. That's us. We've got the target. He's going to reprove the world of sin. Of righteousness and of judgment. We've heard that for so many years. And we can just bypass that. and, and, And never stop to think about. What does that really mean? What is the. Interaction and the -the behind-the-scenes implication of that truth. We being the recipients, the target being the world. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. You see, what Jesus is actually doing here is quite profound. Verse 8 makes it clear that the recipient of the Holy Ghost and the target of the Holy Ghost are not two separate subjects that he's discussing. Oh baby. This passage reveals that. The recipient of the Holy Ghost. And the target of the Holy Ghost. Are not just two separate subjects. That Jesus is randomly. Speaking of. But that these two. Individual areas of the Holy Ghost. Are actually bound together and have a sole purpose okay I don't feel like you're convinced by it I don't feel like you see it so we got to go longer we got to do a little more work here okay now look let me let's work through this will you work through this with me I love the Bible I love discovery of the Bible profound the artistry the artistry in this book is is beautiful my goodness verse 8 look at it and When he is come, when he is come. Are you still with me? Who is the he that this pronoun is referring to? The Holy Spirit, okay? When he, the Holy Spirit is come, when he is come where? Into the recipient which is you and I. So get the picture. Once the recipient receives the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost takes residence in here. His purpose in doing so is to begin to target. His target isn't dependent upon the personality of the recipient. The target is based on the will of the Father and the wickedness of the world. Are you getting this? Oh my goodness, are you getting this? See, often we read this passage and we've heard this passage for years and years and years and and in our mind... At least, if I, if I can speak for myself, I've just kind of separated the two and, and said, Yeah, as the Holy Ghost, we are the recipient. Yeah, the, the Holy Ghost, he, he, he begins to convict the world. And I thought that he would convict the world. And he's talking about something that he does that's absent of my body. Like, he's just out there. And he is. The Holy Ghost is everywhere. And he does convict men outside of the tangible physical body. But that's not what this passage is talking about. This passage is talking about I'm coming into you. You are going to be my recipient. And then I'm going to fulfill my ministry in you and begin to target the world. Whoa. I hope you can see this in the passage. There's a lot of verses that, other verses that identify this. Don't turn there. Let me just read to you one, Romans 10:13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So someone called upon the name of the Lord today. Right? It's good. It's good. How'd that happen? Well, the Holy Ghost was involved. It's convicting sin and of righteousness he became a target of the Holy Ghost but what specific? how specifically did the Holy Ghost target him how did that happen How shall they call on him whom they've not believed how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard how shall they hear without a see the ministry of the Holy Ghost that targets the world fulfills his ministry through the recipient you know how Justin got saved he became a target of the Holy Ghost Through what medium? Through a recipient. (laughs) Through a recipient. I was just blessed to be able to pick the fruit. I didn't have any investment in this. But the same Holy Ghost that set his target on Justin through this recipient, I identified, I could see him, man. His eyes were all big during the invitation. I just see the Holy Ghost was working. I didn't know if he was going to get saved or not, but I I snuck around there and asked if I could talk to him. How about that? (laughs) Written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm. Buddy. Okay. All right. So so, uh, let me ask you a question then as we begin to wind down. Jesus directly connects the gospel-minded ministry of the Holy Ghost directly to his indwelling involvement in your life. That's what he does in this passage. So the question that I pose to you, believer, is this. Is the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you free to fulfill his ministry? Or have you handcuffed the Holy Ghost by a whole list of legitimate reasons why? You're not a useful recipient to let the Holy Ghost target. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, if that's okay. How often did you let the Holy Ghost target people last year? I'm preaching this to myself as well. I need this. Preachers need this. No, no sir. How many people over the last few months have you personally engaged with the gospel? I mean, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to help us get to the place where. We don't handcuff the Holy Ghost. If you haven't engaged anybody with the gospel, why is that? Is is the Holy Ghost not inside of you? Well, if that's the case, then there's a whole new set of problems, and you need to get saved, my friend. You're on your way to hell. If the Holy Ghost is inside of you, why are you handcuffing him? tell you why we usually do that. Oh, I don't know enough of the scriptures. Uh, Are you saved? Uh, Apparently you knew enough to get saved. Y'all listening to me? Apparently you knew enough to get saved. And so why don't you just take the amount of knowledge that you embrace to get saved. And why don't you just... Let the Holy Ghost target someone else who needs that same thing that saved your soul. Amen. Gracious sakes. So we don't know enough. I'm not like preacher garbage. Um, well, I'm, I'm introverted. It's not a ministry of your personality. It's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. You know why Jesus... Had to tell these men this. I'm departing from my notes, but sometimes that's scary. Time-wise. Okay, so I want you to think about this. Remember Jesus telling these disciples, "Look, I'm, I'm leaving, men. I'm leaving." They were troubled, right? And and remember, I also told you at the beginning of the message that. That though Jesus is focusing on the Holy Ghost, his purpose is actually not on the Holy Ghost. Do you know what Jesus' purpose is in this entire conversation? It's to prepare them to do his work in his absence. Yeah, yeah, John 14. Go back. John 14, look at it. Oh, my goodness, this is so good. John 14, verse number 12. John 14, verse number 12. Verily, verily, he's saying, Disciples, please listen, please listen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Whoa, 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 what works? What works did he do? He went out to the well the woman was, go up into Samaria and and reach the vile people of the world. He would go to the centurion. He would go to villages. No village and no place was too small. If I had people, the Bible says he went to all the cities and all the villages and no person was too sick for him to. Reach out and touch. No person was so infectious that he was afraid to lead his disciples and, and to engage, because he is the 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 um, the flesh of the spirit. And so, because he's the flesh of the spirit, he's doing the ministry of the spirit, and he's engaging and targeting people. And the, his works are to engage people, and he's telling. These men and all who would believe, listen after him. That I'm going to. I want to give you the same work that I was given, and you're going to do greater works. Whoa! whoa, whoa. The disciples would hear this and say, "You're leaving. We can't do." what you did to the woman at the well, to the centurion, Mary Magdalene, we can't, we don't have that kind of ability. And he's saying, I am with you, and I shall be in you through the Holy Spirit. So the same power that was present with you while I was here targeting people now will be in you and I will be present so you don't have to rely on your personality on your knowledge on how cool you are what kind of clothes you wear what kind of place that you live in what kind of car you drive because the Holy Spirit of God will come in you and begin to target and it's my power my ability That will make his ministry in you effective. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. So I just ask you the question again. Is the Holy Ghost at liberty to fulfill his ministry in you? Over this next week, would you help me? Would you let me help you say yes to that question this week? Would you do that? Um, can I have a gospel track? Where's a gospel track? You guys are ready, aren't you? Go ahead and stand up. Show you something here. See if I can find it. Hold on, stay with me. I'm shooting off the cuff here. This wasn't in my notes here either. Preachers get in trouble shooting off the cuff. Stay with me. Stay with me. guy that I met signed my Bible so I'd never forget his story John Suyet the mocking Roman Catholic Marine saved in 2003 in Iraq I heard his story and I'm like I never want to forget that because I got all kinds of excuses why the Holy Ghost can't use me see he went off to Iraq and his his um what do they call the bunk mate? His bunk mate, the one who was right next to him, was uh, was a Christian, started witnessing to this Roman Catholic who had just mocked Christians. You couldn't tell that there was conviction going on, but this Christian just kept letting the Holy Ghost target him. He ended up getting saved. So the Christian, whoever it was that led John Suya to the Lord, who had the, the Holy Ghost in him, let the Holy Ghost do his job and target people through his mouth, through his presence, through his life, through his testimony, just like what happened with Justin. You work with Justin. Before you even knew it, the Holy Ghost inside this man said, mm, I see someone over there. So this is what he did to Brother Robert. <laughs> we laugh about that, but honestly, that's, that's really what happens in, in, in some mysterious way. And I don't know, you've been working with him for six months, and he came last Sunday, and now he's here. Huh. But probably only Robert can do that. Probably only Robert can bring people to church. It's probably just a Robert thing. It's probably that's just what it is. He's just special. I mean, he's just so special that only he can do it. I'm gonna keep saying that line until someone tells me that I'm wrong. It's just he's just so righteous and so holy and so close to God that uh, that only someone like him can do that. Oh no! How did that happen? He unchained the Holy Spirit and he said, Holy Spirit, who who do you want to target? Because that's why you're in me to target the Holy Ghost. I want to help you this week. How many will commit this week and say, I'm going to take a gospel track and I will ask the Holy Spirit to target one person that I can engage this week? Because I, I, I don't want to chain the Holy Spirit. How many would be willing to say, just with a raised hand, I'll let the Holy Spirit target through me? Very good. Put your hands down. I like using peer pressure in the positive way. Peer pressure is tough, isn't it? It stinks. I'm sorry. It stinks. But peer pressure can work the opposite way, too. So, we're going to use a little peer pressure in here. If you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but the Holy Ghost right now is saying, You're going to let me go, or what? You, you're going to give me an opportunity to target? Here's what I want you to do I want you to stand. If you're going to commit, I'll, I'll, I'll let the Holy Ghost target one person this week. Would you stand? I'm going to have these men pass out two gospel tracts to you. Go ahead, man. When you get a go- two gospel tracts, you can sit down. good. I don't mind us taking a little extra time here. When you get two extra, I guess we didn't have enough gospel tracks. This might take a little. How we doing back there, man? We got enough? Disperse those to some of the other men and let's expedite this. Once you get two gospel tracks, you can be seated. Miss Jessica, make your way to the piano. So, what we did tonight is we took the scripture and the words of Jesus, and and what we just made a determination to do is not just be theoretical in our faith. You know what we made a decision to do? We don't want to just be hearers. We want to be doers. Here's what I want you to do. And piano can start playing real softly. Pastor, come on up wherever. Right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and I want you to pray. If you want to use the altar, that's fine. If you want to use your chair. And I, I just want you to say, Holy Ghost, I give you permission to target anyone you want. I won't trust in my ability. I'll trust in you. Come on, church, let's pray. You already might have someone in mind. It may be that the Holy Ghost has already convicted you about someone. You just haven't said yes to that. Why don't you give that to the Lord? Let's do some business with the Lord.
0: And direct your attention this way Thank You miss Jessica I have I have found this to be true that when I ask God to help me be a witness that day or that week when I when I'm serious about asking for it and I'm thinking about it there's plenty of opportunity you know what the the truth is there's always plenty of opportunity we're just it's not mindful of it like we need to be in you got to understand. I love this because God, God does the hard part. I'm, no, God does the hard part. Look, I'm going to say something and I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. If God can use Brother Robert, he can use anybody. But wait, wait. If God can use John Bott, he can use anybody. If God can use Jonathan Pyle, he can use anybody. You know why? Because it has nothing to do with the human instrument. Except this, the willingness to let us be used, the, the, to let him target people. Use that man. That's. He is. He is good. So tonight tonight, we made a promise. We made a promise. Made a promise. So, our our goal as a church right now has been one track a week. You know, you made a promise tonight. You got two. If you stood up, and even if you didn't stand up, that's okay. You can still go grab a track. <laughs> you say, "I I don't know what I'm gonna do." S- stop fretting it. I mean, we. I mean, talk to any one of the guys up here. Talk to. I mean. I Ask Brother Robert what he did. You know what he did? He's just a friend to him. He says, hey, come to church. Man, can I give you something to read? We're, we're standing in Staples um, on Friday, tying up some loose ends for the marriage retreat and talking to a lady named Anita. And Pastor Vot goes, hey, can I tell you one more thing? Jesus Christ changed my life. And I believe he loves you just wondering if you've ever considered him took like eight seconds you got a conversation started don't make it hard just let the Holy Spirit use you because you say well you don't know my flaws yeah but he's God Mm. it's good it's exciting praise the Lord and then just a reminder of this some plants some water but it's God that gives the increase and so it's God that gets the glory The ministry of the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing and uh, we just we need to allow him to be free to work in us thank you thank you thank you for allowing God to speak through you today praise the Lord for that it's a blessing well uh brother John Misty Miss Misty if you don't mind go back to the foyer and uh let folks greet you on the way out God bless you again um just a couple of things. Don't forget the sign-up sheets, the chili cook-off for camp. Excited about that. Brother Max throwing the, not the gauntlet down, but the, the ladle down. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking goblet, but that's not what we're talking about. He's throwing the, throwing the ladle down. So sign up for that. Excited about that. And then Tuesday, uh, Tuesday at 4 there there's no expectation man the families have to plan things when they can plan them and so the memorial services for Henry DeBoer at 4 on Tuesday here at the church and so if you're able to come that'd be great but the best thing you can do if you even if you can't come is would you please pray i have no idea how many i was told by family they could have anywhere between 100 and 200 people here and just we just want god to work through all of that just want god to speak And so would you please, please, wherever you're at, just make a note on your phone that at four o'clock, you're going to just pray for me and pray for the work of God that, man, the gospel would be heard and people would be helped. And let's have a good week. Amen. It's been God spoken to us. And so let's build on it. Let's be useful in everything that's going on. And just it's exciting to be along for the ride. Hallelujah. Let's love the Lord. Let's love each other and keep up the good work. By the way, it sure is good to see Paul sitting here on the front row. I thought I was thinking this I'm, during the service that just crossed my mind. Miss Tammy and Paul, same service. It's been a while since that was going on, so just just so thankful as she was here this morning. Man, it's just good, so praise the Lord for that. Let's all stand together. I hope you have a great week. God bless you. Brother Nate will do.